the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters. Hello and welcome to the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast. This is episode five of our Rugby World Cup preview. I'm Mark Comerford, joined by uh, Alan Hartnett and Stephen Miller. How are we today, lads? All good. Mark. Enjoying this lovely spell of weather we're having? That's uh, a touch of irony of Jacob, because the roof, I think, is going to cave in here in the Port Leash Enterprise Centre. There's that much rain falling at the moment. It's been an absolutely dreadful spell of weather. Um, and I don't know who to blame. don't know who to blame. <laughs> I probably blame Scotland for the week that's in it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's always raining in Scotland anyway, so. Um, right, so uh, round four went pretty much as expected. There was no big talking points from it. Um, unless there's anything either of you would like to mention, I'm quite happy to skip over it. No, the, 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 the schedule of games has been largely disappointing. I don't know what. I think the makeup of the pools or whatever has been... It, we haven't got enough blockbuster games. I remember previous World Cups there was better pool games. I think it, 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 it hasn't really kicked off to an extent. Like Australia have been the major casualty, but they've been so bad you couldn't even get too worked up about them. So, Yeah, there's been two entirely depressingly bad groups, really. Australia's group and England's group. And there hasn't been, you know, aside from a couple of decent Fiji performances, there hasn't been a whole lot to get excited about in either of those groups. Yeah, the fact like Wales and Australia was a straight knockout game, and the fact that Wales won it so comfortably was just so disappointing from a competition viewpoint. Like the Fiji win over Australia was good because it was a shock, and it was relatively close, even though Fiji were were comfortably better. But we haven't had a a shock like like Japan caused a shock in two previous years, um, and that sort of turned things on their on their head a little bit. We haven't really had that to an extent. Like the very first game was France and New Zealand. It was ferocious, but that seems like ages ago now at this stage. Um, but it really will only properly start next weekend with the quarterfinals. And I think it'll be brilliant then for three weeks. Well, they are talking about adding four more teams to the next World Cup. So that'd, that'd probably allow... It might allow them to play a game every day or a couple of games every day because because like you really lose the momentum Regardless of having good games, when you've no games at all for three or four days, the tournament itself does lose a lot of momentum, I think. That's what Alan was saying the very first week. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it wouldn't be like Alan to be spot on, would it? <laughs> <laughs> Try no nothing, as, as, we, as I'm regularly told, so yeah. <laughs> That's everybody's favourite part. Um, <laughs> yeah, the only way we're going to get a shock this year is uh, if Scotland beat Ireland or Italy beat France. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I don't think either of those are going to happen. Um, the quarterfinals are taking shape big time. And Argentina against Japan on Sunday at 12, that's going to determine who finishes second behind England in their group. And the winner of that game will play Wales in the quarterfinal. Who would you predict um, to win Argentina and Japan? Oof. Too close to call. Two absolutely dreadful teams. Um <laughs> Japan have a lot of, like, they put an awful lot of effort into it, but every time Matsushima creates something, they drop the ball or they knock it on or they mess it up or they slip. 
Argentina don't seem interested in attacking whatsoever. So I really don't know. I Argentina have a dream team management of uh, Michael Cheke, Felipe Contepomi, and Alan Kingsley from Portlaoise. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. We should. I want to try and track down Alan for an interview. We sort of um, said we'll do it before the quarter final um, because I was sort of assuming, I was sort of thinking Argentina would definitely get to it. And now they mightn't. They mightn't beat Japan at the weekend, so we might have to do something before for the weekend. I'd love to get we might get Alan onto this podcast next week. He's an absolute gent. Uh, I played under ten and under twelve rugby with him in Portlaoise, and he was a brilliant, brilliant player. He won t- played in Towns Cup finals at Portlaoise when he was, I'd say, seventeen or eighteen. And then went off. Uh, he's, he's made a career out of rugby. He went to play with Gary Owen and Young Munster in Limerick. Then he travelled, played with a sort of at semi pro level in Australia in Perth, was coaching teams there and has come back. He played with Navin. He got, he, and he coached Navin. He got, I think he got back to back promotions with Navin in the AIL and has been involved in sort of coaching schools teams and is a kicking coach with, uh, he, he has worked alongside Bernard Jackman. He's, he, but he has, Ooh, I think he's been a kicking coach with Bia Ritz, but he, he has lived in Wales for a while in that, but very interesting career that he's made out. And, and now he's a kicking coach with Argentina. I don't know the, the logistics of it. Um, I think he got married during the summer um, back here in Ireland and that, but he um, very we may get, him, may get him on at some stage because he is proper insight into the very top level of rugby. And he started, in, he started in Tocker about 30 years ago, a bit more, is it 31 or two years ago? So he used yeah, he was a year, year older than me rugby-wise, um, but he was brilliant, brilliant at that age. I definitely met his mark all the way up along. I think he played the Ireland Clubs team as well and would have trained a little little bit with Munster on the periphery. Would have been some of the club players be called in at one stage. But he, he got very close to the very highest level. Didn't didn't quite make it, but has still made, a, made his, his career as rugby. Well, he's going to be under serious pressure this weekend because it's do or die for those two teams, uh, Argentina and Japan. Alan... Um, you came into this tournament as something of a novice. Have you enjoyed it? Has has anything? I know you um, enjoyed watching Dupont for France, but then he went and got injured. So, yeah, I think that was the last game I saw. I don't think I watched any of the games um over the weekend. And uh, when is it starting back up again? Is it on tonight or tomorrow? Tonight, New Zealand and Uruguay tonight. Yeah, so that doesn't exactly whet the appetite of the kind of casual <laughs> fan, does it? Well, if you want to see fifteen tries. Yeah, no, I don't. These ninety six, these ninety six nil wins are just absolutely desperate, though. Like I, I called for a Talisman Cup in the Rugby World Cup. I think the top ten teams should be exempt from a sort of a shield competition. So, likes of Australia, they don't qualify from their their pool. They shouldn't go into the to the sort of the shield quarterfinals or whatever. But and if Fiji, let's say, outperformed their rankings, they were eleven and they get to get into the then they go on. But but the next lowest team. And you'd end up with games like Tonga against Samoa and maybe Georgia against Uruguay and stuff like that in the quarterfinals. And it would be cool to, to be cool for those games to be on midweek one of, on Tuesday and Wednesday the, nights. One of the journalists did put that to some of the people in charge of World Rugby. That uh, your exact idea from a few weeks ago, hmm. but they put the kibosh on it. They didn't seem they didn't seem interested, uh, yeah. which I found strange. Um, now I, I could actually see that working. If you were to do it in the Six Nations, if you were to bring in Georgia and Portugal and run it kind of like the the Hurland Senior Championship where you have two yeah, groups of four, you know, you get the top two out of each group go into the winner section and the bottom two out of each group go into the relegation section. And you would see more tier two teams because I don't yeah. think World having rugby. more tier two matches playing at the World Cup is not the answer. I think it needs to be every year. It needs to be Six Nations 
Some are international. Is very conservative, and they generally don't want the smaller tier countries coming up to the top table. It upsets the sort of the establishment, like you know, like even Jair, if you have historically been so conservative, like they didn't want the introduction of the World Cup. They didn't want the game going professional. Um, they want to put their games behind um, behind subscription TV and that for the most part. And rugby is a minority sport, but it, it, it can't, it can't, it's better to, the, the more it's shared. Like the fact that the European Cup has gone exclusively subscriber only or in recent years, I think there has been a little bit of a, a change back from that in the last couple of years. But I think it killed the momentum the game had in the mid to late 2000s when Munster, throughout the 2000s when Munster were such the people's team essentially. And, you know, it used to be on, on RT at half five on a Saturday evening. And I think rugby can, needs as much exposure as it possibly gets because it is a minority sport. Anyway, Ireland, um, they'll beat Scotland. You're fairly certain of that, uh, Mark, are you? I think they'll win by 10 to 15 points. I don't I don't think there's any real worry here if we pick our best team or close enough to our best team. How? What do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see. I think you were suggesting three or four changes. And I know one of the changes you were suggesting was Robbie Henshaw, who I think mm. it's actually a sign yeah, of how strong Ireland are at the moment that he can't get into the team. I know the three very he's good centres. Yeah, but apparently he's injured now, you see. yeah. Mm. I think he would have been starting. And I did I did call for him to start this weekend to give Ringrose a rest. Um, but if he's injured, I, I think you'd stick with Aki and Ringrose. Uh, I think Dan Sheehan is guaranteed to come in. And then I would like to see maybe Finley Beal and Jack Conan get minutes. But I, yeah, I think stick with a, a pretty strong team, at least 10 or 11 starters from South Africa and make sure of the game. Yeah, well, like they've had a, t- a two week break as well. So like at this stage, you know, the, the what do they call them in rugby? The dirt trackers. The real dirt trackers now, there's no there's no value in, in giving them. Maybe give them 10 minutes towards the end. But I wouldn't be changing it up. This is no your, your best team, with with the exception maybe of a couple of guys who are proper genuine backup players, uh, who need time. And Henshaw would be the prime example of that. Yeah, no circumstances I, change, I, I wouldn't take a risk. I wouldn't take a risk on bringing in Stuart McCluskey because that's you're either going to move Bundyaki to twelve or drop Bundyaki, and I don't see either of them being a great idea. Is it? Um, is there a um? Can, can, have either of you been in Supermax recently? Is, is the Bundy Burger an actual thing? It is, is an it? actual thing. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I was in Supermax last weekend. I saw it advertised all right. Not, I think yeah. it's just a, a bacon cheeseburger with some barbecue sauce. I don't think they put an awful lot of time or effort into it. but The name is great, yeah. though. The yeah, Bundy Burger. Yeah. The name is great. Uh, yeah, well, he he's bringing plenty of beef to the team anyway. Um, I, I do wonder about Supermax sometimes. You know, at Christmas, they bring out the festive burger. And I often yeah. wonder, like, what's actually festive about it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's on at Christmas. I think that's about as yeah, festive I think as it like, It's not like it's turkey, a turkey, turkey and ham burger or anything. Like, it's just a normal burger. <laughs> I don't know what's festive about it. The festive, the festive five ounce. Again, it sounds great, but I often, you know, and the same with the Bundy burger. Great idea, but anyway... <laughs> Marketing loves alliteration, isn't that what they say? Yeah, so there is, there's all sorts of permutations to this. Um, basically, Ireland need a draw 
to guarantee top spot uh, or two losing bonus points and a win, obviously enough, would see them go through. But um, Scotland, Scotland can qualify with a win, but they'll need to deny Ireland a bonus point. Um, so, yeah, there's all sorts of permutations, but I don't see any of them being needed because I think Ireland should win this comfortably. If, if, Scotland, if, if Scotland win without a bonus point, let's say they won something like 16-8 or something like that, um, what happens? Well, that would leave Scotland on 14 points and Ireland and South Africa would be on 15. Um, so then it comes down to head-to-head and Ireland... No, I think actually no. top spot is decided by um, points difference. Okay. And then what, do second, Scotland, what do Scotland need to do to win? Scotland have to sco- to score four tries. And deny Ireland a bo- losing bonus? Uh, no, I don't think it matters what Ireland do. If Scotland if Scotland um, score... Yes, you're right. If Scotland score four tries and deny Ireland a bonus point, Scotland and South Africa would go through. Okay. If... If Scotland score four tries and Ireland score four tries and Scotland win, uh, then it comes down to points difference oh, and head-to-head. There's a serious um, flaw in that possibility. Scotland will not score four tries. They wouldn't score four tries in four games against Ireland. So that's not going to happen. If it's a draw, are South Africa knocked out? No. If it's a draw, no. South Africa go through in second and Ireland top the group. Okay, so Scotland are screwed. Scotland have to beat us, and realistically, they need to get a bonus point. And Ireland haven't conceded four tries in, I think it's two and a half years. We're averaging one try conceded a game for the last 18 months. I'd say that four tries could be tested in the quarterfinal against New Zealand. Well, I hope it isn't, but uh, <laughs> there's always there's always a day when these records um, sort of come to a, you know sort of come to an end in that, and you would be a bit worried in. For the New Zealand one, the New Zealand game. If Ireland get to it, is that a Friday night or is it Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Saturday twenty first. I think if Ireland get to the semi finals on a Friday night, I'm not sure. I haven't looked that far ahead. That'd be tempting fate now to look at the semis. I think <laughs> it's yeah. like that ad. The ad with the boys. I was up beforehand. That's what a what brilliant ad. Yeah, the Guinness one is it? <laughs> is Guinness? Is that what it is? Guinness, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. funny. Very, very funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm predicting Ireland. Are either of you two going to predict Scotland? I, I assume not. No. No. Snowball's chance in hell. I want to have a quick look at the local rugby scene, if you don't mind, because I was at Port Leash and Port Arlington's matches last weekend. Um, the floodlights went out for a while in Toker and Port Leash. Port Leash were in the dark for a few minutes, but they won handy enough. Uh, they got their bonus point. Kept the clean sheet, and they've won two from two. Port Arlington who are, have also who, who won two from Port two. Leash, who were Port Leash playing last weekend? Mark? They were playing Clayne. Clayne, okay. Now Clayne, Clayne got walloped the week before by Ross Gray, and okay. uh, that's two. That's two games in a row where Clayne have failed to score. He's obviously going very weak because like, Clayne wouldn't be that bad, you know. Like over the last number of years, they'd be respectable enough. They're obviously not going great. No. Uh, Port Arlington beat Midland Warriors, uh, who are probably sick of playing leash teams already. They've lost to Port Leash and Port Arlington in the first two rounds. Um, there's no local rugby this week. The lads have a week off. But next weekend in Toker, it's Port Leash against Port Arlington. And I personally can't wait for it. Um, I've outlined three key battles that I think are going to be 
very important to that game. You start at number eight, Ross Cooper and Jack Hennessy. These are the driving force of both of their teams, and that's going to be a huge battle. Um, they really bring so much to the pack and so much to open play, and I just think Jack Hennessy gets the nod. I think he's more physical. He has more abrasiveness about him, and um, that should be good. In the back line, the creative spark there is Jack Redden from Port Leash and Adam Lampkin uh, from Port Arlington. They're both playing at centre at the moment, but they are proficient all across the back line from scrum half to full back. Um, they can kick, they pass, they're two excellent players, and that's, that's far more of a 50-50. Um, that's going to be really important in the back line. The uh, leadership and experience then is Mark Sherlock and Stephen Oakley, who I wouldn't call old because I doubt either of them are much older than myself. But uh, they're both around a long time. They are both around a long time. Yeah, very recognisable faces, and like they're two serious players for their age. Like they put in an awful lot of minutes. Um, they put their bodies on the line. They run the lineouts. I know Warren Murray has kind of taken over the lineouts in Port Arlington, but like. This is I, I'm looking forward to seeing those two lads because of all the years they're playing in leash, I doubt they've had too many games against one another. Or they've had the occasional old Hosey Cup match or something early season. They played against each other in the Towns Cup in 2017. It was the I, I tell you, it was about the 5th of February 2017. It was the Sunday before leash today was set up. I went over to it in in, in on the Lee Road, as Port Arrington's home ground. Um, no, they haven't played two against each other that often. The occasional league match, but they've rarely been in the same division. That cup game a couple of years ago, and obviously then there's the absolutely infamous Towns Cup game 2003. The it was it was like incredibly controversial at the time. Um, Port Arlington won, but got done for playing a player who who wasn't registered. And the Port Arlington manager at the time was Martin Murphy, who later managed Port Arlington yes. footballers, uh, and he's still bitter about it. And the following <laughs> Port Port Leash lodged an objection. It was 23-20 the score was. I think I could, could, might be wrong on that. Something like that. The following week, Port Lee, eventually there was a refixture ordered, but it was back in Tucker the following week. And Port Arlington came. They came on a bus, togged out. They played the game sort of under protest, went out, played the match, and got straight back onto the bus and went straight back to Port Arlington. Didn't talk to anyone or anything. And they lost like maybe 2017 or could have went extra time. There were two unbelievable games. And Port Leash went on and won the Towns Cup that year. They hammered Navin in the final down in Ross Grey. And they haven't won the Towns Cup since. And the big thing about Club Ruby is going into the bar afterwards. And uh, the Port Arlington boys didn't go into the bar in Port Leash after, after that refixture. But it was just like the, the Towns Cup games when the clubs are going well are fantastic. Like there could be two or three deep around the pitch. Uh, and they've both definitely fallen on hard times since that. And Port, I did, Port in the last couple of years haven't even played in the Towns Cup, played in the Seconds Cup. Uh, and I think this week you know, we're Port Leash and Port Arlington playing in the Lawler Cup which is the pre-season one for sec- for the second teams but they've both definitely fallen in hard times I think Port Leash might get a bit of a bounce from being down in this division because they were struggling so badly the last couple of years up, up the level you mentioned Adam Lampkin he's a very talented young player he played Senior Cup Rugby down with Ross Gray Schools Cup Rugby with Ross Gray and then he was over in Galway I think it was Corinthians that he played for it might have been Galwegians, one of the big senior Galway clubs. So he's played senior AIL so, uh, uh, and then is back with Port Arlington there the last year or two. But as you said, can play anywhere across the back line um, and is a good lad. Uh, Jack Redden is a good player. I'd say is he is his best position out half him? Possibly. Um, Mark yeah. Sherlock, you know, jizz, he's been playing with Port Leash for years. I'd say he was probably on that squad in 2003 that won the Towns Cup. 
And of course, it's an emotional time for, for, for anyone in Port Leash Rugby Club is that Will Sherlock, it's the first year that Will Sherlock won't be knocking around, Will passed away earlier this year at you know very young age. He had been sick for a couple of years. But you associate Mark and Will with Port Leash Rugby and the depths of winter, and they're just hardy, hardy devils. Um, so look, that's on that's on Sunday week. Um, and they'll have to play each other twice this year, Mark. Is the, is the league is home and away? It is indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, this one Port Leash are hosting this weekend or this week's game. This next week's game. Um, but I, it's going to be important because I think if Port Leash can win, like you said, they'll have a lot of momentum then, and they could bounce straight back up. But I actually think that you know there's a couple of key players there, a few difference makers from Port Arlington. Warren Murray in the back row, he's the, an open side flanker. He's exceptional. He was their player of the year last year. He's taken over calling the lineouts. Serious player. And they've brought in a new fly half in Andrew Evans. He's taken over from Kieran Highland at out half. And I think these two lads could be the difference makers. Yeah. And uh, um, I think Port might just have it. Port, Port are probably at an advantage at the moment in that uh, Port, O'Dempsey's and Gracefield are all knocked out of the football championship. I'd say Port Leash are waiting on a couple of guys to come back. My own pal, John Scully, who's been full back for them for the last couple of years, is still playing football. I'd say Andrew Collier is involved with the Cameron's Hurlers and there's always one or one or two more as well. So um, I know there's a couple of my own club mates, Ronan Donnell and John Hennessy, that wouldn't be back playing rugby yet. And that's a big thing with club rugby, waiting for lads to come back. And September can be a challenging month and into October and that, but uh, they generally all do come back. Uh, so so that's it. I say we're nearly out of time. Any other business? Yes, I, I, I have to go. I've uh, politics to take care of now as well. I so uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Before you, Alan, you didn't up, get you much asked... of a say today. Is there anything you'd like well, to finish on? Well, just before Stephen asked there earlier on about the quarterfinals, and if Ireland top their group, they play at eight o'clock next Saturday evening. That would that, what that clash with in a in a local sense. Um, Senior B final or something. Oh Jesus! I uh, not, not, nothing, nothing too important. Oh, big, big game! <laughs> and if they finish second in the group, um, they'll be out Sunday evening at eight o'clock. So that would yeah. really be a better time for for me. Um, yeah, because they're thinking of me. And then depending on that, so that if they're on the Saturday, they're quarter final too, which means that their semi final would be the following. No, but Friday. hold on a second. Qu- oh, the quarter final is next weekend. The semi final we're talking about the yeah. weekend at the twentieth, twenty first. Yeah. Yes, correct. So depending on where, if Ireland were to win that first quarter final, to top the group, they'll play the semi final on the Friday. Whereas if they finish second and win the second quarter final, they'll play the semi final on the Saturday. So that's good. That's, and are both of those games at eight o'clock? Are they? Eight yeah, o'clock nearly every game yeah. from now on is, except for yeah, the quarter I've final, one quarter final. Yeah, I've, I've a wedding to go to on the Saturday, the twenty first, and. Eight o'clock wouldn't be a great time for a match at a wedding. No, no, you'd want it at about ten o'clock, or else at about five o'clock. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, you certainly would. You wouldn't want it at that time anyway. Yeah. They have a, a thing called the bronze final. Is that the third four? Place no, that's the third four place playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hate them yokes in the World Cup. I don't know what they're like in in rugby, but they're uh, they're, the they're nonsense in, in every sport. There's no one wants to be there. So like but, senior uh, beat. the final. That you can't. <laughs> the 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 final is the twenty eighth of October, and this competition started on the eighth of September. It has to be one of the longest. I'd say the cricket World Cup takes a long time too. Um, I'd say it's quite similar in length, but like it's a fair. It it's some length of time uh, to try and. Has it always been this long, Matt? Uh, no, it's a week longer this week time longer. because yeah. yeah, they gave everybody in the in the pool stages a down week, so it's a full week longer. 
the, the, the thing is, they're saying it to increase the 24. When you're looking at some of the results, that doesn't make sense. But increasing it to 24 teams would actually make it a week shorter. It oh. would, or even two weeks shorter if you yeah. were to Take if you were to go with six groups of four. Yeah. Um, oh. you could trim it down. You could get. I think it would work out at actually more games in less in two weeks less time. So you well, know, it's well, definitely well, something. To look it, at. it would. It would mean. I don't think it would be as many games. It would mean you see that there would only be three group games. Yeah, but so you'd add in the last sixteen as well. Add uh, last sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Right. We'll leave it at that. We've we've all. Uh, We'll be back next week. We might try and line up Alan Kingsley. I'll, I'll WhatsApp him and see will he will he come on. We might drop you, okay. Alan, and bring in Alan Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> no objection here. No problem. One Alan for another. Yeah. All right. Leave it at that. Thanks, lads. The Leash Today Talking Sport Podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters.